Welcome back to the Strictly Conversational Podcast, where we have very strict and serious conversations only, but this time we have a document again. Wait a minute. I know. Uh, as, as always, this is your ho-ho. Ho- <laughs> this is your... <laughs> whoa, whoa, this is your ho-host. <laughs> and I'm your co-host. Hit the remix. Uh, I'm your host, Bailey Hunt, and with me as always is my wonderful co-host, Noah DeGeorge. Noah, no, uh, how are you today? I'm... Okay, okay. I'm not that jumbled. We're a little bit jumbled, but I'm not that jumbled. I think, you know what? Today's been a good day, and I'm ready to talk about some stuff. Like you mentioned, we have a document now. Yeah. Not now. I mean, it's back. It's back for the first time in a while. So what? Is there something strict about this conversation? We're keeping it more strict to the book. (gasps) I found, and in the past, like, uh, though I love going off the the cuff, going off the check, Mm -hmm. uh, just bringing conversations to the table, I find that we don't come to a conclusion as fast as we used to. Um, And so I, I think that we are ordering things again to get our thoughts in order before we have the conversation. So that way we're not just processing it for you all, even though I'm sure you love that. Um, yeah, that's what, that's the content, right? That's there. the content. <laughs> it's just two guys processing their feelings. That's As opposed to about. us telling you something. Right. <laughs> what do you want to be informed? <laughs> you want to hear, you want to hear something new? Um, So yeah, we're structuring things a little bit differently today. Um, As in we are structuring things, how they used to be about, you know, about a year ago. Was it? So, uh, yeah, it was they, more than a year ago. A year, year and a couple months ago. Year and some change. Two years ago. I don't know. Some change. It's been some a change. A lot of change. <laughs> Them changes happened. by oh. Thundercat. Um, dude, remember the Star Wars universe, Thundercat? Wow. Hey man, I've already got Star Wars on the brain. No need to remind me. So speaking of that, um, so I was going to ask, how are you today? So you, you're pretty good, you said. Uh, what's a reason why you're pretty good? So, um... Today just one, was just one reason. Don't say anything more than that one reason. Today was the day. We got our first teaser trailer for the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, and yeah. I about melted. Uh, it looks fantastic. It's insane. It's yeah. everything that I've been expecting. It's everything that I wanted. And I, I'll say this is like, uh, you know this. I'm happy, but at the same time, I'm not happy because... Garrett and I recorded an incredible episode of our Star Wars podcast yesterday covering yeah. the news. And we always make a joke about how, like, as soon as we release something, something breaks. And we changed our release to Wednesdays so that we'd kind of have that middle of the week buffer. Yeah. And <laughs> this morning before the episode <laughs> released, Obi-Wan teaser. <laughs> New teaser I was like, just I, dropped. No, I, sent, yeah. I sent Garrett the picture of like the first images and I was like, Oh, Entertainment Weekly did a piece on Obi Wan. That's he was so, the cover, right? Yes, yeah. and I was like, "Oh, that's so funny that we missed this one little thing." We'll talk about it next week. And then I went to Star Wars's Instagram page, and it was like, "Oh, here's a minute forty-seven video." And I was like, "You are joking. There's <laughs> the, no way." The biggest face palm that you could possibly muster in that yeah. moment. Um, so that's that. That's that's an important thing. I think it's a good uh, gateway into the conversation. I wanted to ask you some questions about what you were thinking about the show. So mm-hmm. uh, obviously you just kind of gave your initial reactions. You loved it. You thought it was everything that you wanted. My first question was for the show. Was not it? For you. Who's that guy? Wait, who's that guy? No, who's, who's that, that guy? guy? <laughs> <laughs> What's that black helmet? No, it was more like, where is this like production value been for the entire first season of the book of Boba Fett? It's kind of true. Why did none of it look as good as this? Like a minute, 40 second teaser. They Granted, accidentally, you know, they accidentally blew it on that one uh, on the first episode of season two of Mandalorian. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, oh, big old worm. IMAX cameras. <laughs> I know. So, so yeah, I, I thought it looked, looked pretty, pretty stellar too. And I'm really excited for it um i think uh one question that i wanted to ask for you um or i guess i have like four little quadrants of questions so 
any predictions that you have for the show that you want to share? Um, I heard a really interesting theory that Camille Nanjiani will be playing a live action Quinlan Voss, who is like a rogue Jedi from the Clone Wars. That would be absolutely insane. There's no way. Will it's he not, have the dreadlocks though? Yeah, absolutely. But there's no way. It's not going to happen. He's almost 100% playing a droid because that's it's perfect for his character. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, I, I would say, nonetheless, I'm really excited to see Camille Nanjiani. That's like one of my peak things. Or just hear him, I guess. Or just hear him. Yeah. Um, good to see him, though. Yeah. yeah. And then I would also say, like, the fact that we're getting really prominent Inquisitor stuff is Very really cool. fun. Yeah. Because most people are going to be like, why does that guy look so weird? What is his deal? And I'm just like, oh my gosh, it's happening. It's just, here. Just wait till you guys find out. Yeah. Do you think, um, my brother asked this question in our family group chat. Okay. Of course, we're talking about Star Wars in our family group chat. And he was like, do you think that Cal Kestis is going to be featured in the show? Absolutely not. Yeah, I wouldn't think so. No, this is no not. Way. This is not the place for that guy. Um, so. I, only because if you've played Fallen Order, you see the hologram of, of Obi-Wan. Yeah. Uh, like Cal is holding the, the hologram in, inside the holocron. Um, and it kind of leaves the door open for them to be out on their own. Right. Kind of staying away from the Empire and... Go in the opposite direction. Go in the opposite he, he, direction. He breaks that much. holocron at the end, sort of to imply that. Yeah, we're not going to see him burying around. that in the ground. That's what I would. Th- that's what I thought too. Uh, but just, just thought I'd ask. Uh, so, what are some? Um, I guess aside from predictions, what do you want the show to be in terms of like tone? Like, what's your dream so me, tone? Me and Garrett have talked about this at length. Um, if this is like six solid hours of Obi Wan sitting at like a campfire. And just thinking and like being really sad about the fact that like everything has happened. Like, Sounds yeah, pretty put great that in to my me. Veins. Yeah. I love that. I want a trauma bond with Obi-Wan yeah, Kenobi no, in I, real I time. Think tone tone wise, um, like one of my biggest hopes is that we'll get some uh some of the in- implications of Qui-Gon being around, yeah, uh, at least in voice. And that is the fantastical kind of exile meditation tone that I want this to be. Not Guns ablazing, planet hopping, you know, whatever. Sure. Um, you think we get Liam Neeson in the show ever? I think we do. You think so? I think we do. Like only Force be- Ghost Liam Neeson or just his voice? Force Ghost Liam Neeson. Yeah. Only because, one, it'd be amazing. Yeah. That's what I want. But two, it's already, there's precedent for it with how strong the connection with the Force is on Mortis and him and Obi-Wan seeing uh, Qui-Gon in his actual form, even right. though it's canon that Qui-Gon didn't learn how to project his like force ghost form um, before he died. He only learned how to become one with the force. Yeah. So who knows? I don't know. There's precedent, but at the same time it, it's limited. We'll have to wait and see, I suppose. Um, not that long. I know not that long. May 25th, right? Holy cannoli. P- pretty crazy. That's when the, that's when star Wars, um, star Wars 77 like, also came out 25th, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Original yeah. release. It was yeah. May 25th. So it's the, but also celebration is celebration when that, when is, that the next, is the following weekend. Yeah. Oh, cool. So lots to respond to. There's crazy. so much stuff happening. Um, hey, you should check out our podcast. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was going to, I was going to kind of plug that at the end. If you want more of this conversation, obviously I'm not near as good of a, a star Wars communicator as these guys are, but Scum and Villainy podcast, man, with Garrett and Noah. It's a great show, um, so look out for them. They had a really good episode, even if they didn't talk about the Obi-Wan, um, prim- whatever. The, the Obi-Wan whatever. premiere trailer. They still taught, had a really good conversation about the women of Star Wars on International Women's yes. Day. So. We're going we're gonna to do a, an emergency episode tomorrow. 
um, man, to man, talk about man. it. Yeah, ring those lights. I Thirty know. minutes in, probably smack those sirens on top of your cars. Um, I guess my last question about this this one particular thing is: Yes, do you have any worries? Are you are you? Uh, yeah. Okay, so what I'm are super you? Super What are your worries? <laughs> because <laughs> end of podcast. Yeah, I have a lot of worries. <laughs> no, my my main worry is you and I both watched the Book of Boba Fett and enjoyed it quite a bit. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, it falls into the same trap that the Mandalorian season one and two does. Yeah, sort of, especially season two. And this show is something that people like you and I and Garrett have been waiting for. For 15 years. Yeah, since 2005. Like, yeah. over 15 years. Yeah, right. Th- this is something that has been in the works on and off. It's been something that people have been wanting for 17 years, and we have it now. And it's like, I need every crumb of it to be exactly what, what you want it to what be. What I've wanted it to be for so long. And, and and this isn't me projecting the idea that's like, hey, no, no, no. The fans know what's good for Star Wars. So you guys up there, listen to the fans. Right, because no, they don't. They <laughs> Here's the thing. The people making this, they know what's good for it. And they're obviously like Ewan McGregor himself is is producing this, is like executive producing this. Um, And Deborah Chow is an amazing mind. And to have her as the showrunner is a huge respect to the premise as a whole. It's just one of those things that, you know, we've been battered down with kind of some of these tropes now. And like you said, is, you know, is Cal Kestis going to show up? I hope not. Yeah, you know? right. I don't either. I hope is, so too. Hope we already not, know some characters and whatnot. Hayden Christensen's back, and that makes sense. And if we see like Ian McDermott as as Palpatine, that would make sense. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, and you know that'd be very cool. But if it's yeah, like no, somehow. bring in right. If it's like bring in uh you know Cal Kestis, bring in Ahsoka, bring yeah. in uh you know other, bring in like Caleb Dune, yeah, um, who also survived Order sixty six or whatever. Sure. But you know. even having like characters and characters from Rebels, like maybe like Ezra and Kanan, they'd be they'd be like kind of they'd be so weird, so wasted. I feel like right. like give them their, their due in their own time. Right. Yeah, I, I'm happy with Joel Edgerton, and I'm happy with that was cool. Yeah. That was really cool yeah. to me. Yeah, I um, was like, I was like Owen Lars, man. That's that's, that's where my and guy. I would say yeah. as far as like bringing in other stuff, the only character that I would be fine with them like reaching out to grab would be the man himself, Jimmy Smits. Oh that my goodness. would be bring yeah, bringing you know, Baylor gone. If I here. see that, I'm like, okay, that's like, yeah, man, that, that helps because it's not he's outright, in that in the heights in that high in the heights hype. Oh yeah, yeah, he's in, he's in that right now. It's not outright being like, oh, Princess Leia, right? Am I right, guys? Sure. No, I, I'll tell you the, the moment where you see a very very young Luke Skywalker in that that teaser trailer. Nuts. It's a very exciting thing, yeah. you know, because. I guess to your point, uh, not to bring in all these characters and. I I'll, I'll tell you guys. Um, Noah and I were talking, and I had this idea for for, for a TikTok about the Mandalorian yes. season two and Book of Boba Fett, and uh, I, I was like, the Book of Boba Fett or Mandalorian season two be like, oh, we can't we can't figure out the solution for this. Man, have I got a guy for the job? And it's just like cut to any Star Wars character that is absolutely intent. Like I, I think they could really have the opportunity to. Uh, invest in the characters that they have instead of having to shoehorn all these like oh, wait a second is that you know right person x because it just seems like a like, waste like yeah. quinlan voss of saying like oh, right Camille, exactly Camille nanjiani could be quinlan voss why yeah obi-wan's already around can we just focus on him please i, I if i have to have one more conversation where i have to like pause the, the tv and be like okay so that is, <laughs> yeah you, you lean know. over and you're like 
So back in the Clone Wars, <laughs> no, that's the <laughs> thing. Pull is out like, my PowerPoint presentation. Our, my our mutual friend Daniel is like, it's hard for me to get into this stuff because they focus so much on what the Clone Wars did, and I've not seen it. And yeah. I'm like, hey man, I'm sorry. You know, like it's just hard because you can't you can't work around it. You're like, well, yeah. actually, this has more ties and you know, blah. blah that's blah. kind of where the fan base is at at this point, anyway, where they are all sort of devoted to like the deep cut Star Wars stuff yes. and to prove that they are the, the real Star Wars fans as opposed to the normies out there that, you know, haven't watched everything. It's just, it's just really toxic, I think. Yes. Um, and gatekeepy. But I think that leads well into a next portion of our conversation that yeah, I does. wanted to have. Something um, else about fandoms. Yeah, something else about fandoms. Um, and I'll, I'll come back to your point of, oh, wait, is that that oh, person? Yeah, yeah. Because that's very a key to the conversation that we're about to have. So, um, the reason why I broke out the document today is a very important event mm. happened this past week. Uh, and that is the Batman 2022 came out only in theaters to our collective wonderment. It blew people's minds. Absolutely. There were there was brain residue left on theater yep. seats around the country. The floor was sticky and no one had ordered a soda. <laughs> and nobody was complaining for that matter. <laughs> Just faces covered in duct tape all the way around. So I don't know if I've described this in the podcast, but Star Wars is a very important thing to me for sure. I don't know if anything is as important to my DNA as as the Dark Knight himself, the Cape Crusader. I, I have lived with this character since I was literally four years old. Oh yeah, and I've seen all the iterations since since I was a kid. Whether that's Adam West, whether that's Michael Keaton, whether that's Val Kilmer, Kevin whether Conroy, whether it's George Clooney, yeah, whether that's George Clooney, whether that's Bruce Greenwood, whether that's you know all these other people that have been Batman over the course of however many years and. I think myself, like other fans, were just ready for something that was wholly unique, different, and perhaps a little bit scary. Yeah. I don't know. It's true to the comics. Uh, and then we got the Batman um, this past weekend. So I wanted to have a short conversation where we talk about the Batman, maybe like review it a little bit. And then I want to jump into the meat of our conversation, which is a Batman movie tier list. Are we going strictly live action or are we going like theatrical release? No, 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 no. So I, I have some caveats in here. I've got 12 on my list. Okay, can I read you? So not to peek too much into the conversation um, later on, but let me read you the movies that I had on my okay. pool. Okay, and then maybe we can cut down a few and and, and uh, um, to negotiate a little yeah. bit. So I had Batman 66, Okay, that's okay. on your list. Adam West and Burt Ward. Yeah, of course. I have the Burton verse. I've got Batman Returns and the Batman 89. I've got Lego Batman, mm -hmm. uh, of course. I've got the Schumacher movies, so yep. Forever and Batman and Robin. I've got Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. Okay. I would say the ultimate cut because either way, that movie's a huge mess. Yes. And one version's less of a mess. And one version has Jenny Slate. So let's go with that one. I have all three Nolan movies. Uh, so Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. Batman 2022. So not Justice League? Yeah, I, we probably should throw that in there. I was kind of lumping those two together. Well, I have BVS. I have Justice League and the Snyder Cut. Oh, you want to put them both? Things. Okay. I didn't put in Suicide <laughs> Squad, though. You know what? That could be an interesting conversation. Let's put them both in. 
Yeah. Because uh, I, I think we would have some uh, differing opinions on where this movie should be. Yeah. Um, I put a DCAU highlight uh, really? under the Red Hood. Okay. Because uh, I think that movie is absolutely fantastic. I thought you were going to go with the other one. Which other one? The, uh, the Mask of the Phantasm. Well, that's also in here. Okay. So Mask of the Phantasm was a theatrical release. So, of course, yep. I want to include that. And the last one, and we could kind of negotiate this one as well, is Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. You seen that movie in a while? No. That's the one that I grew up on That's the, the most. One, I remember that cover. Oh. Like the cover of that movie is just like burned into my head. If you, if we should watch it sometime soon. Yeah, we I should. Because we watched Mass of the Phantasm together. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and er- erase Beyond Return of the Joker. Okay. I'm okay with that. Um, but are you good with the other entries as yes. well? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so that's a little preview into our conversation going forward. I don't want to rank them. I just think going into a tier list uh, is way easier and way more fun and way more. Um, and also, rankings are freaking outdone. Yeah, like, when it's, it's just super. like, okay, do you really care that I put this one above this one? Like, no. I think it's better to say no. These belong in like, you know, the mid tier. These belong in the good tier. The these belong in the yeah. God tier. Yeah. That's what right. I have them broken into bottom tier, mid tier, high tier, God tier. You can do the four categories. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay, great. Um, I saw my, my, my college professor did this on Facebook, which is not someplace you get an idea for podcasts. I but I said, well. but I, I got the idea for this podcast from there because you're right. Like, so overdone. I literally listened to two episodes from two different podcasts that literally ranked. All of these movies, plus a few extra, minus a few. So I, I thought a tier list would be way more fun. But first, let's talk about the Batman. Hey, man. We've actually the two of us have not yet talked about the Batman twenty two. I know we'll have to we'll have to save like our you know personal whatever for more time that we have because we yeah. you know we're not going to just spill everything right now. No, no. There's specific things that I want to talk about. First of all, me too. You didn't know me in my Batman phase. I didn't. I did not know you in your Batman no. face. I didn't even know you had one. I had, uh, and and it was like many thanks to my local library, which had Batman Arkham Asylum for rent for the PlayStation Three. Let's go. And that was like, you know, obviously as a kid, sure, I have, I had, and still have um, a Batman toy. He's sitting in like in my parents' house, like on the kitchen counter in his like little pose. It's a specific Batman toy. Like, what is him, it? Do you remember? I don't remember, but he's, it's one of the really buff ones. He's got the gray and blue and black and yellow suit. Okay. Um, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So it's kind of the classic animated sure. Batman look, but he's not like the really stiff animated Danny Phantom looking one, which I also had, and the, the, uh, the Mask of the Phantasm Batmobile to go with it that sure. like has the jet glider that pops out the back. Yeah, man. Um, so cool. So like as a kid, yes, obviously loved Batman, but when I was in high school, I rediscovered the Arkham games and like I it was I was just blown away. There's nothing better. And there really isn't anything. And it helps so much that those games have burned their place into my head because so much of it, whether it's me, you know, having an Arkham City poster like I did. I had the awesome white poster with like the sil- kind of silhouetted oh, Batman, yeah. but like there's like the blood stains on his gauntlets that's a great oh that's a, that goodness. is a great poster i know exactly what you're talking yeah, about so i had like the poster i had all the games i've played them all and the like the arkham games my brother never played them i'm gonna say this flat out before we get into it so i can keep referring to this yeah silas did not like it that much the movie yep i wonder why <laughs> no i know <laughs> i know um 
but oh boy you'd laugh if he knew silas <laughs> so he didn't like it that much and, and in my head he was like i just don't see how this is blah blah, blah. and i'm like man i can point to a thousand moments in this that yeah. are exactly like the arkham games and a couple other things which i'd love to talk about eventually but yeah. that was the first thing where i was like me having played those games and just being that much of a casual fan, I'm fully on board with this because it's so much like it. Yeah, I, I think so too. Especially, um, I think especially like Arkham City. There's a lot of like, I, whether whether it's like tonal consistencies or even we talked about this like the riddles are sort of like the Riddler trophy trophies that you would get in those yeah. games and that sort of thing. Yeah, I think that's a totally apt comparison. Or even the ending of Arkham Arkham Knight, you know, where the city literally gets yeah. shut down or, yeah. you know, that that's def- definitely a comparison. Also stuff from the comics. Also, we kind of see it in the Dark Knight Rises as well. Something that I wanted to do about this, but yeah, so, so it's good to hear about your, your uh, checkered past with Batman. I'm and there. I'm there yeah, with he, you. He's, he, he's here for it too. Um, something that I wanted to do is sort of to break it down into a few sec- sectors, right? Since we've not talked about it, let's just yeah. have a, let's have a conversation. This is why I've broken it down. I've broken it down into positives some slight gripes, which is what's what I'll call them, because yeah. I don't think there's anything that's like massively negative about this movie. There's just some curiosities mm-hmm. that I want to discuss, um, and then we can go into some spoilers and how things. Um, so, so this first portion will be will be spoiler free. We'll just go through quickly, give some positives, give some negatives, and then go into a spoiler conversation that's a little bit bigger, uh, and kind of touch on things more specifically. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, First thing in positive, I think it's a super unique take. I think that there's there's something to be said about the, and I've heard this in a couple other places, it's like the unabashedness of showing the things that previously are kind of like, well, we need to kind of hide the action behind fast camera moves or we need to hide the silliness behind these things. But like in this movie, the suit and the characters are like front and center. Yeah. And and it's because they're confident in the fact that this looks great. The city is so, so good. Yeah. Like Batman Begins Gotham is like, that was that's pretty good. Yeah. You know? And the Dark Knight, sure. Yeah, that's fine. It's not Dark the Knight's just Chicago. It's yeah. You literally I watched it the other day and I was like, that's that's Chicago. The Dark Knight Rises is. is just Chicago on a good day. Yeah. Like <laughs> and that's and, a good day. It's bright and sunny most of the time in that movie. <laughs> I know. Which is so weird. Yeah, very strange. You spite and bane on like the, the capital steps. Yeah. Like, we're gonna talk about that movie Anyways, a bit. Um, no, so curious I, I think this portrayal of Gotham again ripped straight out of the video games, ripped straight out of the comics, yeah. ripped straight out of everything. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I think like, um, you're jumping, you're jumping a little bit ahead, but I think it's great. Like, let's, oh, I'm uh, sorry. You're okay. So before we go into like how the take is so different and unique, let's do, let's go to where you're talking about. Let's talk about the design of everything Oof. because I think that you're right. Like this Gotham City, you know how uh, in so many things we're like, oh man, the city really was a character. <laughs> wow it's so like it's so like patronizing and just like stupid yeah i know you just like brush something off your shoulder oh, you're man, like that city's such a character but like in, in this iteration of gotham city it really is a character and it's no place that you've really seen before yeah like it's a little bit london like it's a little bit detroit it's a little well, bit that's, new york that's city the thing is they're like they do the shot on that bridge um, across the Chicago River like they do in the Dark Knight movies as yeah. well. And it's funny because I was just like, I mean, just watch that movie. And like that exact shot is in there. Yeah. Um, where he like leaps over the bridge to get into the burrows. 
Um, which is so interesting. You mean because, the Narrows? Or the Narrows. Yeah, the burrow from uh, Harry Potter. You know what? <laughs> he goes to Molly Weasley's Anyways. house. Uh, so, he punches Fred Weasley in the face. <laughs> he says, Where He's are the a other criminal. Going? Um, but that, that same bridge is used, which I think is interesting. But then at the same time, like Wayne Tower itself and kind of the, the pathway there yeah. feels so London, obviously because it was shot there. Yeah. Um, but like, you're blending it together in a way that is really seamless um, in such a strange way, but it, it actually shows the characterness of the city and in, right. in saying that it's a little like a, like a, like a, like a fart. Pit, there's I a guess. couple, there's a couple other faces to the city, yeah. you know, and it's, God, it's so interesting. You know? it, it's something that's a place that I'm like really excited to explore more. So yeah, that's, that is, um, that's Gotham city. Uh, another, some other cool design things is like you talked about the suit suits. Great. Oh my goodness. Um, Best suit. quite literally. And he's an indestructible man, which is funny, funny. He's an indestructible man, but also like the most like vulnerable feeling Batman ever. Like when he's fighting those guys at the beginning, like you can tell he doesn't have his crap together quite. Yeah. Like he's getting hit in the back of the head. Like he's, he's not, he's not Ben Affleck who's throwing crates at people and murdering them across like right, he just the entire care. room. You know, he's, he's just like trying to get through the night. So a uh, great bat suit. Batmobile is, is fantastic. It really looks cool. amazing. Um, people were online comparing it to like a caged monster. That was like, you know, it's like, it's like there's a moment <laughs> yeah. When, when it before the car chase begins with um with penguin and, and it like lurches it. forward yeah. and you're like oh my gosh like it's <laughs> kind of scary uh and 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 then and then wayne manor quote unquote which is inside um it's like the Wayne tower wayne tower but it's like this weird like gothic the ceilings are low there's like gargoyles in there it looks like the so strange it looks like the brown weird pointy church in spain it 100 you know does about? i know exactly what you're talking yeah. about somebody <laughs> tell us what the brown weird pointy church is in spain i'm thinking about it because i just watched the episode of how i met your mother uh unfinished where they talk about that building yeah um and i can't think of the name but i know that the architect was hit by a bus it'll oh wow before he finished the building it's called uh, that's that's the whole point it's unfinished i I guess i forgot that point anyways but it it reminded me like waking up and yeah yeah. i know what you mean though for sure i'll just i'll just be like you know (gasps) like yeah there's there's rain sounds playing or whatever i just go the sistine chapel (laughs) (laughs) um but anyway uh i think going back to like how the city's like kind of gross and grimy and feels really unique i think this this movie is is super like gritty and grounded without feeling like super shoehorned like there's portions of the nolan movies that are like oh this is the serious batman you got to take him very seriously he's super serious and um i think in this movie it's wise that they went for this like we're gonna make a detective story first and then maybe like integrate batman into it yeah because it makes it feel way more natural that it's like a super dark movie, both literally and and in terms of tone. So I, I I loved that aspect of it as well. I will say most of it though, I didn't feel like I was I didn't feel like I was just like looking at a black screen. Yeah, there's something there's something right. about the way that um the way that that Matt Reeves and the cinematographer um Greg Frazier Greg Frazier uh use shadows in such an interesting oh like an integral yeah. way to actually framing characters where it's like yeah they're in a you know gross dirty like dark nightclub but you're seeing it through the lens of you know this weird thing where you can actually see what's going on and like 
where you're looking at it and you're like, this is a dark Batman and a dark Gotham, but at the same time, you're seeing everything that's going on. Right, you, you can know? still tell what's going on. The one moment that you can't really, and I think it's to the movie's advantage, um, is near the beginning uh, where you have this like, 20 minute intro where there's you know like a, a murder pretty soon on and then we kind of jump to bruce's perspective and he does this like very classic like hard-boiled detective narration and he's talking about how the 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 the, uh, the criminals of gotham like really fear him right yeah and it keeps cutting to these people that are committing these crimes looking down dark corridors and you as an audience member are like is, is that, that him? Is, that, is Batman there? Because <laughs> you can kind of see him, but it's just like, is my mind playing tricks on me? I thought the use of, of light in that was like, what, in, in, in that scene, in every scene of Brilliant. What an awesome concept, though, to set up the themes of the movie is to say like, uh, if if the, yeah, if the criminals yeah. see the light in the sky and then they notice like a sound coming from a dark hallway, they they stop what they're doing and they run. Yeah. Just, just knowing the like prevalence that his character has in the city is so cool. I've never seen that before. And I think like criminals in the Nolan movies, which is like the most apt comparison because they were so recent and because they kind of share some things. Um, But even like the Tim Burton movies as well, like less, less, less of the Schumacher movies, but like, (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen criminals like react to the bat signal like that. I thought yeah. that was just super unique of like, sometimes we just turn it on to let people know that I'm here. Well, you yeah, know? imagine, imagine, okay, put yourself in a criminal shoes. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm always in a criminal criminal shoe. <laughs> you're, you're spray painting, you know, the, the walls of this Capitol building, or yeah. you're, you're holding up a guy at a bodega <laughs> yeah. and you see the bat signal and in your head for a split second, you're like, that's, that's not for me. Right. <laughs> like that's not, there's no, there's no way that's for me. <laughs> Wait a minute. And right. then you're like, a, you hear like a tin can clinking down the alleyway and you're like, well, that's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> that's for me. <laughs> yeah. It was for me. Which is like such like a real fear that I think anybody could have. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. I think that I think that that's such an interesting concept to play into at the start of the movie, no less. Yeah, like I, I think that sort of outlines the rest of the movie for people to be like, man, this is someone to be afraid of. And uh, while I was watching it, I I think kind of tying this back to like, oh, it's gritty and it's kind of unique and it's got its own little thing going for it. I I was, when I watched it with someone, I was like, after we finished, I was like, everybody is scary in this movie. Everybody is. Literally every person is scary in this movie, which I think is the reason why I say it's kind of comic influenced is like, this is how you would feel living in Gotham City. You're like, Falcone, horrifying. Batman, even scarier. The Riddler, what happened there? You know, yeah. how to, like what, what's going on? And like the first scene that you kind of hear is Boots walking towards people. Like I was scared. Like I was like, that is like straight up. It's straight up scary. Um, and I, I think that's just the brilliance of someone like Matt Reeves approaching this character and being like, yeah, you've seen gritty Batman, but have you seen horror movie Batman? Have you seen Batman who's literally just trying to get to the bottom of things? Have you seen Batman who hasn't processed any of his emotions? Have you seen Batman (laughs) pre-therapy? Have you seen like, and I loved that. I think it really taps into not only the cool factor of who Batman is, but the, the the difficulty and the moral dilemma that Batman brings because like, well, that's okay. I'll can, I'll talk about more about the I'm vengeance thing later because that's a really, well, no, that's the thing theme. is like the, it, it really is a challenge that people have tried really hard not to approach is 
how do you make Batman a different character from the start of the movie to the end of the movie? And yeah. do you need to? Um, yes. And, and I think that this is how you do it. Yeah. It's a really great example of like putting Batman through the ringer and having him come, a, come out a different version of himself because again, he's still learning. He's still figuring out how to do this the best of his ability. And I think what's so beautiful about this is like, not only is it a really cool and effective Batman movie, it's also just like, a very emotional story about it a person is. who doesn't really understand how to process his emotions and shuts himself away from the world. And the only way he knows how to figure things out is by punching people in the face. Wait a minute. Are you talking about the villain or are you talking about the hero? I know two sides <laughs> of the same coin, my guy. Hey man, so that's, that's good writing. That's it's just, really great. And yeah. I, there's one moment in particular where you can kind of see him getting ahead of himself or like letting the rage take over. It's when he first goes to the iceberg lounge and he like has a bat He's about to take Man. it to someone's head and then he gets shot and you're like, he's about to kill that guy. <laughs> like that yeah. guy was going to die. And it's because this person isn't doing it for the right reasons yet. Right. He's still vengeance. He's still an avenging angel, but he doesn't understand that Gotham needs more than that. You he's know? not justice yet. Yeah. Right. right? Yeah. Exactly. He's not justice yet. He's vengeance. That's it's, it's an interesting character study too of Batman that shows kind of that progression. I think that that's my like number one favorite thing is truly the influence of something like Batman Year One, which both of us have read. Yeah. Um, and reading something like Batman Year One or Long Halloween is going to greatly enhance your opinion of this movie because you're just seeing the groundwork yeah. for um, someone taking a swing at a live-action version of something like this and knocking it out of the park. Right. And I, and I think like not only like the groundwork in terms of like what they're setting up for the world, but they're literally taking this character and peeling back the layers and trying to figure out what's at the base. So yes, is he's this character that we've known forever, but like how do we make him new by stripping everything bare? Because he, he he would be in real life a person who doesn't just go around punching people all the time. Right. Like there's long segments of this movie where there is no punching. It's just like a guy piling over files and having conversations. <laughs> and if that's not your beat, then whatever. Go watch The Dark Knight for the 47th time. But if brilliant. you really care about <laughs> it's brilliant. It's still the best Batman movie. Uh, um. but <laughs> I just don't know. We'll talk about that later. Um <clears throat> But if you really want to get down to the, the core of the character of Batman, I think this is your thing. Um, I think it's the best on-screen Batman. Um, and I think with that, it's got amazing performances just across the board. Yeah, like I, like definitely. Nobody, nobody strikes out. Like Everybody's um, incredible. I think the only, and, and this isn't like a strikeout, but I think uh, Alfred's character is very interesting because he's kind of the version of Alfred that was... Thomas Wayne's bodyguard. Yeah. Um, there's definitely like of, an MI6 thing in there, sort of. Right. Which is, you know, that has obviously been explored in Alfred's character a lot yeah. uh, in other media, but it's not something that we get a full insight into other than the throwaway line that Alfred trained Bruce how to fight. Yeah. You know, which is interesting. And I want to know more about that. And I, and I want to know more about their relationship. And I, and I, and again, I think you're right. It's not a strikeout in terms of a performance because Andy Serkis is great, and, yeah. I, and I cannot wait to learn more about him. I just wish that they utilized him more. Well, I mean, we're getting a few other shows connected to this universe, which is weird. Yeah. Um, just mostly, it's it's weird to me only because— I want to come back to that point. It's, it's only weird to me because Matt Reeves is like, I wanted this to be its own thing. And, like, I didn't make this with the intent of having, like, a sequel— guaranteed yeah i didn't you know have the have this made in, intended to 
like bring in other characters in DC or anything. Yeah. But we're getting a Penguin series on HBO Max and probably a Catwoman series. Yeah, I, I reckon we'd get a Catwoman movie and I, and, and we're getting that Gotham Central show too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting, I think, how things go forward. And we live in a very like intellectual property heavy time where we can't ever just get the thing. Dog, I can't wait to get out of it. I don't yeah. know what it, I don't know what I the don't next thing is. I don't think we ever will. And no, I, I think we will. I think we will, but I don't know what the next thing is going to be. Um, if Obi-Wan is incredible, we're never going to leave it. Oh, you're right. You know what I mean? Like if Obi-Wan is the greatest show ever made, we're never going to leave this cuz every person you ever see Bob the Goon from Batman 89 is going to get his own HBO Max series <laughs> before all is said and done. Hey, that's where we are. Just for Bob the Goon. <laughs> I want a Max Shrek show where it's basically <laughs> just succession, but it's Christopher Walken. Anyway, so um, yeah, I, but like it's interesting for a movie that kind of dodges all that like IP hinting at the future, say for one instance that I'm excited to talk about. Yeah, uh, yeah that dodges that completely when it's setting up so much. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about more of that later. Um, I think my last major thing that I loved about it is that it really does avoid all the superhero nonsense that we see so much of with like the MCU movies in particular. I've heard a lot of, well, our main influence was all the president's men, but Matt Captain America <laughs> and you've got Winter Soldier and you're like, no, that's just an MCU movie guy. Yeah. Like it has the same tone as the rest of them. Yes, it does. Yeah. And, and this really does feel like a detective movie first. And I think that's a really interesting take. Well, some people, um, I'm, I'm going to omit names, but some people that I talked to about this movie um, were surprised that it was so detective heavy. Uh, and I, and, and they were like, well, Batman's just supposed to be Batman. And why is bull, why is there like a political blah, blah, blah. And why is the detective? And I said, I said, Hey man, the first issue of Batman ever was in detective comics. <laughs> so if you would like to say to me that the roots of Batman are not the world's greatest detective, yeah. then that's on you. Yeah. I'm sorry. Figure your nonsense out. He's not just punching dudes in the face. No. So I think wrapping up that conversation. Love, we both love the movie very, very much. And that's just how we feel about it. But I'm the one that has some slight gripes. And okay. I think Batman... I have, I have one slight gripe and that's pretty much it. The Batman 2022 is probably my most anticipated movie I've seen in the past like six years. Yeah. Since uh, The Force Awakens. I think it's my most anticipated movie since that point. Like Batman's my guy. I love Batman. So I think regardless, if this movie was terrible, unless you're Batman with Superman Dawn of Justice, I was going to love you. You mm -hmm. know? And I did. I loved it from start to finish. Absolutely was crazy about it. There was a point about two hours in where there was this collection of scenes. So this is my big butt. This is my big like, there's oh. something, whoa. whoa. <laughs> <laughs> there's some things I just didn't love about it. There's, there's this collection of scenes about two hours in. There's like five scenes in a row where they all kind of have the same formula of, wait, you didn't know? And it's like, unloads really really big reveal in like five scenes in succession i know what you're talking and about. it took me out of it like in, in the third scene i was like oh we're doing this again like another big reveal that bruce is being told like he doesn't even like uncover all of these things it's just a character being like i think i should tell you about like there's something you should have known yeah it's not like oh he finds out how, how like a riddle and goes to rataelada.com you know it's not that yeah which is like 
I thought was goofy at first have really come around to it. I really I like it. Sick. I really <laughs> yeah. like it. I yeah, never since even, we talked, I was like, no, nah, that's really cool. Never even doubted it for a moment. Uh, I'm just, I'm having flashbacks to like the puzzles in, in Arkham where you're like trying to get a ball to roll down <laughs> this, this <laughs> like this maze shoot thing by like turning something and Batman's probably just sitting there on a rooftop like, why am I messing around with this puzzle right now? Meanwhile, Bob the Goon shooting somebody else. <laughs> yeah. If we're going by terms of Riddler puzzles, like, hey, that's some pretty good stuff. Anyway, yeah, it's really cool. You're absolutely on. right. And there was another moment that I was like, that's kind of goofy. It's like when 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 Alfred's like showing him the paper and Bruce puts on his sunglasses inside. At first I was like, that's goofy. Then I was like, nah, it's cool. I like it. Yeah. yeah, I think it adds to like the really like emo Batman that I like. Um but there are all these reveals and it just took me out of it because I was like, I think you could have uncovered at least one of these things. For example, when you find out a certain character's lineage and she just sort of says it, I was like, Whoa. I wish he could have found that out in some other way or even when – we'll talk more about that in spoilers. So, but that took me out of it for a second because it felt less like a detective movie and more just like a – expository moment yeah. that we had to kind of tell all these secrets to keep going. Now, and, and there's some merit to that. And I would say the only thing that's holding me back from saying, the only thing that's holding me back from saying like, Oh, I wish it was done this way or thinking of other ways that it could be done is the fact that these things are kind of, these ideas have been explored before in other Batman stories. And if we're going to go with the kind of politician underground, you know, behind the scenes, whatever yeah. that we're going with here in this grounded story, then these things have to be there, but it's not like they come to light because otherwise you're like, you're kind of spoiling the idea that these things have been happening for a while yeah. um, and that they're not new ideas, right? right? I think if it's, if it was a new idea inherent to the story, then sure, maybe it's like, well, why would do it that way? What if you had done it? However, whatever. Yeah. You right. Know? We're having a hard know. time talking about it now because we can't say anything yet. But anyways, yeah, it's I definitely see what you're saying, because, yeah, I think that was. And so here's my slight gripe. Yeah. Is this movie does not feel like a quick watch. This movie feels as long as it is. Yeah. Maybe even longer. It's a well paced movie, but you definitely you you still feel that you're watching a three-hour thing. Yeah. And then when two hours and 40 minutes have passed, you're like, wow, there's still almost another act of this movie left. Good God. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I will say, one of the strengths that it has going for it is I never got tired of listening to the same score yeah. for three hours. Oh, we didn't even talk about that. We didn't talk about how Michael Giacchino's score is like the best Batman score like since Danny Elfman's. Like. I, I've been thinking about it every day. I think about it like when I'm you know, doing dishes or whatever. I'm just like, it's in my head. It's two notes. Yeah. It's two notes on a, on a freaking tuba. It, it's and I'm so like, like <laughs> sad. And like, it's so sad and it's so like scary. I listened to a podcast and they're like, there's like an Imperial March quality to the there theme. Is. Like something's coming, something's impending. Like there's, yeah. there's someone on the way who's scary. And like on the flip side, Catwoman's theme is like perfect. Yeah. It's like, so that's good. also like pretty tragic and just beautiful. Too. Yeah. But it has that kind of singular violin yeah. quality to it that it, it feels very like smokehouse lounge. Right. Yeah. It's so interesting. Um, and then there's like another part of it too. Another thing that I loved is just, I, I love the way the movie, I think it's the best looking Batman movie. I think a hundred percent in terms yes. of shots in terms of whatever. 
Anyway, we'll, we'll keep going into the gripes because we could talk about how great this movie is forever. Okay, something I wanted to talk talk to you about, and maybe this is where we transition into spoilers. Um, first, I want to say, first, I want to ask a blanket question. Okay. Did they pigeon the pigeonhole themselves? Did they pigeon with wings hold themselves? Nice. Well, no, did they rat with wings hold themselves <laughs> into a very like anti-Batman world? Like here's here's the thing. Here's what I'm concerned about. And then we can talk about spoilers, then we can talk about the third act, which I have the most thoughts on, and then we could talk about that reveal later on, and then we could talk about other things, and then we can go into the Batman tier list, which <laughs> is still coming in this episode. This might be our longest episode ever. Maybe. Uh, but I think we're moving. We're, we keep it moving. Um, I don't want to see a bunch of Batman villains where it's literally just this guy is a serial killer and he kills people in the way uh, that his like themed character would. Like, oh, this guy is a serial killer, but he freezes people. Oh, this guy is a serial killer, but he leaves a joker card with them like i don't want to see that you know i want to see some off the wall sort of ridiculous like we're gonna break this world down to its core because it's been so grounded and this is what batman's doing is that he's creating these freaks that have to come up with new ways to hurt the city where it like really really hurts you know okay it's interesting that you say that because in my head i'm like in my head, if I'm taking inventory of like the cast list, right? Yeah. If I'm taking inventory of the characters in this movie and I'm thinking, okay, you've got obviously Batman, but if we're talking villains, um, Selena Kyle isn't a perfect hero, right? No. She's kind of 50, 50 on yeah. the wall. Uh, best Catwoman <clears throat> on screen, baby. Like, absolutely. Yeah. Like, so good. She's down. amazing. Um, but you've got Catwoman who's a semi villain. You've got Penguin. Yeah. You've got Carmine Falcone and you've got the Riddler. Yeah. Um, so four, let's just say three, three yeah give, three proper we'll, villains we'll, yeah we'll give catwoman the benefit of the doubt and we'll yeah. say three proper villains if you were to jump into any superhero movie these days and say they're gonna juggle three of this character's rogues gallery and do it this well and do it this well because carmine falcone and penguin fit into their place with the riddler being kind of the head of this conflict that's happening yeah that is puppet master yeah intertwined with the fact that that the city is being under undermined by these other villains and they're there yes it's been done before i get it but like if i'm thinking about like batman begins and like carmine falcone is there he's batman around. begins doesn't do that that effectively no it, it really it's one doesn't. of my issues with it yeah <clears throat> right all i'm saying is it doesn't feel like a world that's going to be you know and i'm sorry to batman begins for being you know the well, Gotham, the whole entire city is going to pay and I'm going to do this crazy thing that's going right. to do whatever because of my evil master plan. Yeah. Like, no, that's not going to be what this world is going to is is going to turn out to be. And even Matt Reeves has talked about how interested he would be in bringing in somebody like Mr. Freeze yeah. to say like, well, how does a character like this work in this universe? I think that character would be interesting because like, like you're right. Not every character is going to be like, not every villain is going to be like, and this is how I'm going to make the city pay Yeah, because they've wronged me in this way. I mean, Rachel Ghoul and the Riddler kind of have similar motivations where you're like, this city's rotten to its core. <clears throat> Let's blow it up and start from scratch yeah. and, and see what happens, you know? Um, that's what they both want. They go about it in very different ways, but they still want the same thing. 
Mr. Freeze is, is a character who's, or yeah, Victor is a character. Victor Freeze is a character whose main motivation is nothing um, about hurting the city. It's about getting the person that he loves most in the world back. Yes. And I think by any some, means possible, seeing someone like that, whose motivation <clears throat> is sort of understandable and nice. We'll talk more about that in a second, but seeing someone whose motivation is sort of understandable and even sympathetic would radically change things because we've only seen these people that are like, man, that, well, that couldn't really happen in real life. But if you have someone like that, I think you just really can shake things up a little bit. So I hope, I hope that that's the route that they go down. I'm just interested in seeing what the character would look like. Yeah. You know what I mean? 100%. Like what's that even going to look like? You know what I mean? Yeah. Is it going to be played by Noah DeGeorge? With it's going to be me. Allergy to the cold. It's going to be me. It's me. Victor Freeze. <laughs> Rips off his hair. He's got a bald, bald <laughs> just bald. <laughs> He's shooting tomorrow. So I don't know. I, I thought that I'd pose that question and uh, you guys can kind of figure out for yourselves what, what the conclusion to that is, because this is a world in which Clayface doesn't exist. This right. is a world in which Killer Croc doesn't exist. Poison it's, Ivy even is a stretch. Yeah, Poison Ivy is a stretch. The Mad Hatter is a stretch. You know, all these characters um, are a stretch, except for maybe the Court of Owls. That would be really interesting. I think, I think that the Court of Owls and Hush and... I was going to mention Tommy yeah, Elliott, because I, there's some allusions to him, too. 100%. Is. And, and I think that maybe this is the world where only people like Tommy Elliott and the Court of Owls Or Professor exist. Pig. Or Professor Pig. Who what also if, could exist in this if, world? That'd be insane. <laughs> yeah, just what? What if the next movie like opens with like a Professor Pig style killing? That'd be absolutely insane. But you know, like, just a curiosity because there's so many villains of Batman that are out of this world crazy. Yeah, just the craziest people you've ever seen. Anyway, so now we are meh, 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 meh. We're talking about spoilers. Some things that I wanted to discuss that are, um, you know, direct spoilers of this movie. So yeah. if you've not seen it. You can skip ahead a little bit um, and listen to the rest of our, our, our tier list conversation and the rest of our podcast. But I wanted to talk about some spoilery things um, that kind of emphasize my gripes with the movie. Okay. So let's try to run through this fast. The, the third act, right? Okay. So Batman is a, is, is, is a character that he's a, he's a comic book character. He's a superhero, quote unquote, that has always kind of been associated with some sort of escapism. Okay. Yes. Is it? Whether it's smoke bombs or. Right. Yeah. Or not, not even like in that, but like we escape. We are going into this oh. world to escape. <laughs> I thought you were talking about like. He's an escape artist. <laughs> literally, he's like <laughs> grappling out of there and like smoke bombing away. Yeah. Um, I, 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 it's interesting to me that they, they choose this ending. That um, is so politically charged. Well, it puts motivated, him right in the spotlight. Yeah, politically charged, motivated, and pointed. Um, and I, I'm not convinced that this. Okay, let me try to figure out how to say this. That last scene, yeah. that last moment, um, before you know, you cut to like the epilogue moment, where you are locked in a building mm -hmm. and shooters are pointing at the crowd. Yep, motivated by. A, a disenfranchised white man okay. who takes to the internet yep. to inspire followers to do his bidding. Yep. Huh. That sounds pretty familiar, doesn't it? It sounds incredibly scary. It, is what it sounds uh, and like. And it does. It sounds so scary. And it feels very real. Um, and not like real in a way that's like, oh man, that's so authentic. That's so real. It feels real in a way that it kind of rips back the comic bookiness of this movie because there's still some comic book punk comic book parts of this movie it makes it way more like hard to escape from i and that that yeah. scene for me 
horrifying Riddler kills aside, where he literally feeds rat, like a feed a man feed feed a man's head to rats. Like that's pretty horrifying, and like yes. a like a literal saw trap. Um, it was the scariest scene for me and the most upsetting because I was like, yeah. "That's real." It's maybe we shouldn't mess with that. So here's the <laughs> thing, and and it is one of those things that I think Batman, specifically as a hero, has always needed to be in a modern context because aside from a modern context, you lose the value of what Batman as a character is trying to say. Yeah, and I think it's best described with the generations of characters that have happened in kind of their respective ages, right? And having the silver age of Batman's Joker being a gangster and a mob boss and transitioning into the golden age where things are more real. And he's kind of just a psychotic serial killer, right? Right. They're two very different characters. Um, The Riddler, most people are going to think of him as his silver age counterpart and kind of the Jim Carrey. As Jim Jim Carrey. Yeah. We're going to think of him as Jim Jim Carrey. Right. But contextualizing characters from Batman in a modern light has always, I think, helped Batman be that kind of, I mean, it sounds dumb because like we're not kids anymore and I can't just be like, well, you know, the world could use people with the courage of Batman. But could they? Because then you have serial killers being like, well, I'm vengeance too. You Less know, the and they think that they're motivated properly by someone who could literally inspire white supremacists now, to kill <laughs> now, a lot of people. Well, hold on a minute, just a minute. <laughs> so I think this is your question is valid. Yeah. But I think you need to turn it around because here's the thing. Yeah. Is real world, you're gonna have that with or without a modern Batman. Sure. Okay. Yeah. So does it help to know that we are telling stories that inspire a difference in the infrastructure changing to prevent those things um, and saying, well, let's just say we don't have Batman in the real world, obviously. Sure. Um, What then needs to change in a situation like this where Batman can't exist? Yeah. Right? So we'll look at the movie and we'll say somebody like Bella Real is – you know, the change that that that's where that has to start. And that yeah. is the real world connection. So yeah, I think realistically, as scary as it is, yeah, uh, is like you're going to have that with or without Batman. Yeah, I, I think you are right. And I think the, the main question is, do we have Batman live in the real world or do we have him live in another world that doesn't even really look like our own? Because in, in, in our world, or a world that looks like ours, something like this would happen. And, you know, that finale, as scary as it is and as familiar as it feels and as real as it could be, um, I think it is important to tell that message. It just, I think, for me, was just a curiosity where I was like, yeah. interesting choice, you know? Yeah. Just really interesting choice. I, I just don't know if, I, I don't know. I just I don't know how half I of it. Half of it for me is like, I think it's a, I think it's a really well done scene in general because it feels like the kind of way you would be doing, you know, the big culminating fight in a video game where you're taking out these goons, but you have, you do, you're right. You peel that back. They're not goons, right? They're not just the, the thugs and the clown makeup that are clearly a part of, you know, Joker's gang or the, you know, whatever. They're guys that are spending too much time on Reddit. Yeah. They were spending way too much time on Reddit. And that, but that go to the Capitol on January 6th. They're the same guys, you know, they are the same guys. And so, 
just as a curiosity that, that but I'll cap that off by saying there has never not been a time where uh, villains like this have not had an agenda right and like I've seen people online talked about it with our friend Daniel today I've seen people online that are saying like well, this really took me out of it because why why do the killers have to have an agenda why do they have to have this motivation and you know they say white privilege in the movie and why do they have to well here's the thing you're praising other things for you know whatever joker's the best villain because in the dark night he blows up a hospital for no reason yeah okay um, just in a silly goofy mood. I, I reminded daniel i was like what's that really famous line that joker has it's not about the money it's about hmm what was it sending a message oh <laughs> Oh, sending a message. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they do have agendas. Yeah. Even the like trademarked cr- craziest Batman villain. Yeah. Still he, does. He is a man without a cause. He's a man without a country. He's an agent of chaos, but he also just like wants to expose nonsense. That's his main goal is like, what happens when we, when we, when we let people off the leash, what goes on, you know? Yeah. Who's just, I think that character is really fascinating, but you're right. There always yeah, is. Everyone loses their mind. There's always <laughs> a purpose. It all, all takes one bad day, you know, yeah. like, you know, killing joke. It's all right there. So anyway, um, I don't know. I just wanted to talk to you about that. I think my other main gripe is this is a movie again that is devoid of the superhero nonsense that we've come to expect and come to come to wait for. And oh, what's what's next? What's coming next? What's happening next? Where's the after credit scene? You know all that stuff. And because we get them in all of our superhero movies these days, yep. all of them doesn't matter what it not is. You know, even not even superhero movies anymore. We get them in all of our movies. You yeah. know, we get them on Uncharted. You know, right. yeah, exactly. It's like, hey, you didn't even see it. Uh, yeah, but you know. No, it's okay. It, I can is, is there for one it. in Sonic the Hedgehog too? Yeah, of course there is. Yeah, see, there's one in everything, and so well that uh, okay, fine. We don't. So we don't. I'm not going to say anything bad about Sonic the Hedgehog. I know so. you're not. We don't necessarily get one in this, but there is a very peculiar scene in it. Yeah, uh, and uh, again, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. It's like coming near the epilogue, and it's prefaced. And I understand the the just the justification of the scene, but I just feel like it's completely out of place because it is a movie that is so uninterested in going forward. It's so uninterested in the future of of the character. Like it may just be this movie. It's not because it made like 158 million dollars opening weekend, but whatever. Yep. Um, Second highest grossing movie since COVID. I know, crazy, absolutely yeah. insane. But. Um, there's a scene where the Riddler notices the end of his plan has not gone the way that he wanted it to. He's sitting in Arkham Asylum and he starts freaking out. And then we hear a voice that goes, hey, man, we could be friends and we'll figure this out together. And it's just one big joke. We're all clowning. It's like, yeah. obviously, it's the Joker, right? Yeah. So we see the Joker or hear the Joker. It's Barry Keown, which is one very exciting <clears throat> casting. I'm just say sure. that. Yeah. But in this moment, it really did feel like a like an after credit scene. Now, and, and, and I, I just, it just didn't, it didn't. I'm going to put your mind at ease. I, I know. I'm going to put your mind at ease. What? Matt Reeves has talked about this scene and he, I've seen, I've seen that interview. I, 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 I don't you disagree. I, Do you I, not? I, I, no, I don't. I think he's just, I think he's, I think he's doing his like, whoa, 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 whoa. hold on. It's, it's, it's its own thing. It's different than the rest of them. I promise. That's true. But, but like, he, I mean, him saying like, well, we aren't planning, you know, Joker to be the next thing. Like they're not going to hire Barry Keown and not use him. Of course, sure. He's the best part of Eternals. Well, That's a movie with Kamal Nanjiani, and he's the best part. Okay. <laughs> he's barely in it. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. 
Yeah, no, you're right. <laughs> yeah, he like that movie sucks, but Barry Keoghan is absolutely a star. And yeah. so you're not going to cast him in like one of the most iconic roles ever and not let him do it. I just think it's not like the next thing we have to look forward to. The same way that, you know, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog is, is <laughs> hold on, hold on. The same way that Sonic the Hedgehog says, oh, Tails just came out of this portal. We'll get ready for the next one. Tails is going to be in it. Right. Right. It's not the same right. thing. I understand that. And I also understand that in that same scene, Kleena Kyle is like, get ready for a power grab and like, oh, it raises the stakes because the Joker's there. It just, it felt really weird to me. Yeah. And I understand that there's a scene in the movie that they took out where he goes to the Joker pretty early on and says, hey, I don't understand this guy. Can you help me understand him? Mm -hmm. Much like in Long Halloween when Batman goes to talk to Calendar Man and he's like, so what's going on? Can you help me understand this guy? Yeah. And, and I wish that they had that scene in there because I think then we understand not only the dynamic between whoever this guy is in Batman and that keys us up into what's coming next. But it also makes a literal out of nowhere appearance feel a little bit more palatable. I think, yeah, the only thing is maybe then it undermines the fact that Joker is the number one in Batman's rogue gallery and you're, and you're then implying, or at least you're setting up room for an implication that maybe he got arrested by Batman before and he, you know, was, was he jokering about? Well, I, I think it's like much like Bruce Wayne, much like Bruce, Bruce Wayne as Batman. He's a guy who's figuring out what he stands for. Yeah. Like, and I think in this movie, again, we see this beautiful arc of Batman being like, I'm vengeance. That's who I am. I am someone who will um, use brute force to eliminate the, the chaos and the corruption of this city. And he realizes, no, I've got to be more. I've got to be a helping hand. I've got to be an active participant in my community. I got to hang out with the national guard. Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I got to help these guys out. Otherwise I'm never going to be anything to these people more than what Falcone is to these people, yeah. just somebody else to scare them. Right. And so, so, so much like he's doing that, then we see the Joker, who's also like not quite figured it out, because we've never seen that before. That's Every true. iteration of the Joker we've seen is a guy who's already got it planned. Like whether it's Jack Napier, who is already kind of a mob boss and he knows what his motivations are, or it's whoever's in, you know, the Dark Knight, that guy, uh, the 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 veteran, the the prisoner of war, that. I like that theory. So I'm going to go yeah. with that. Oh, the only person who's separate from this is, is Arthur Fleck, <laughs> who nice. I, I don't even want to think about that guy anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, as I, I, I think it'd just be interesting to see that. So we watch these two people, much like college roommates, grow together over time. And maybe after five movies, we say, man, the guy in the first one, that's that guy for both of them, right? That's true. Because they're inexplicably linked. That'd be so interesting. But it's a very small complaint, and I know that they've got to do it, and I know that they have to do it not only for what's coming next, but for the people that are like, well, it's a superhero movie, so where's where, where's that, you know? Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad that, that it's in such trustworthy hands. I'll say that. Like, I yeah. can trust Matt Reeves, you know? After this, yeah. Yeah, I can, <laughs> I can trust Matt Reeves. I, I, after watching Joe and Anthony Russo's other movies... Can I trust those guys? <laughs> like uh, directors of Twenty One Bridges, <laughs> like it's a coin toss. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You never really know what you're gonna get. So um, that's kind of my closing thought about Batman. I, I I think it's I think it's spectacular. I think it's an achievement, and I also um, am so excited for the future. I'm excited for whatever villain Matt Reeves chooses next. I'm excited if it's Kite Man, and I'm excited if it's uh, if it's 
Scarecrow. Like, I, you know, it doesn't matter to me. Like, I, I hope it's not, but, you know, whatever. I, I'm, I'm game for whatever. I think uh, just as a cap off, my con- top contenders are definitely Court of Owls, Hush, maybe even Firefly. That'd be sick. I think that could be real. Or, or, or like, even... I don't know, like, there's this world where like Deadshot could exist, like easily. Oh, yeah, just like Deadshot someone who's really Deathstroke, good at Deathstroke. Honestly, whoa, I, I think Deathstroke really is like a fourth movie kind of guy who's like, oh, you're good at fighting now. Now I'm here, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know. <laughs> uh, I'm better at fighting than you are. Um, yeah, so I'm just excited for the future and what comes next. I want to see more Bruce Wayne. I love that we didn't see that much Bruce Wayne, and I love the Bruce Wayne that we did saw was super weird and bug eyed and like obviously Batman. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm excited for the Bruce Wayne that he becomes later on. Where they're like. Are you, are you Batman? Yeah. And he's yeah. like, I gotta go to some parties. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did the the the, the 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 eyeliner and the the fingernail painting give me away? Like, <laughs> oh, is it something in the way they gave me away? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. His AirPods are just like <laughs> bleach on repeat. <laughs> Nirvana. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, I'm interested for the future. I think that like a complaint that I have with the Nolan movies is like he figures out how to be weird, or he figures out how to be billionaire playboy philanthropist Bruce Wayne like right away as soon as he gets back. But like this Bruce Wayne is like. He's just a freaking weirdo. Like he's he a, he's a, he's a he's a super weird guy, uh, and I love that. I think that's so good. Um, anyway, so let's move into our Batman tier list. We so, gotta we gotta run through we, we gotta guy. run through. Let's do this, okay? Okay. We'll start with bottom tier. Absolutely. Okay. So nobody scream at us in any in any way. Whether it's just you're in your car and you're like, ah! like we can still hear that. Uh, but so let's go bottom tier. You go, I go. Okay. And we'll and we'll discuss. This is yeah. This is just tears. So this is in no way like okay. worst to best. I'm you know? so interested in this. I didn't look at Noah's list. He hasn't looked at mine because mine's not written anywhere. It's just in my head. Uh, bottom tier. Bottom Batman tier. v Superman. Oh yeah. Oh for sure. I, I would say both cuts of that movie. Um. So that's your first one. That's my first one. Uh, Justice League. Okay. Joss yeah. Whedon's Justice League. Joss Whedon's that. Justice League. Yeah. Um. I also I do have um. Uh, the Rotten Tomato percentage is written down. Batman v Superman coming in at a hot 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I hate that uh, movie. Justice League, 40%. Number two for me in bottom tier is also Justice League. Yeah, I hate Justice League. Yeah. I, I like. I don't like Batman v Superman. It's so incoherent. And, I, and Batman v Superman doesn't make any sense to me, but at least there's like some cool parts of it. I hate, well, I've seen, I hate Justice League so much I've more. I've seen the Dark Knight Returns movie and read the Dark Knight Returns comic. So like yeah. parts, parts of that, I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, it's not as cool as that. It's not as cool. There's there's some some banging stuff in that in that yeah. Frank Miller book. Frank Miller knows he knows he knows Batman. Uh, and you know, I'm 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 kind of in the bag for Batfleck. I wish we had more of him. That was just him. Like yeah. I wish that it was. You know. Anyway, some some interesting ideas, but mostly pretty bad. Justice League sucks. Like it's my least favorite of these. Yep. Okay, so is it your turn now? Bottom tier, uh, Batman and Robin. I don't know about Batman. I don't Coming know in that. at a hot twelve percent on Rotten Tomatoes. I, I disagree. I I think Batman Bottom and Robin. I think Batman Batman Robin is pretty fun. I think out of the two Schumacher movies, uh, it's not good. I, I hard disagree. I hard disagree with that. Batman and Robin is a movie that commits. Batman Batman Forever is a movie that that. It does not commit do as it. much Don't as it should. It. No, because it, it, Tommy Lee Jones is like by far the worst villain portrayal in Batman's Rogues Gallery, but by like a lot. Yeah, Jim Carrey's in there, and that's kind of fun. But like every part of that movie sucks, except for Jim Carrey. There's nothing's good about it. Batman and Robin like commits to the bit 100. They're playing hockey with the diamond. Like I'm, I'm for that. I'm, it is just I'm pro. Not, it's just so absurd. We can talk about it. Okay. We'll, we, 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 so, so that's your that's your pick. That's my bottom tier. I, I, 
That's it? That's it. I would put Batman Forever in bottom tier. I hate Batman Forever also. You're going to be really mad at me. What? You're going to be mad at me. I'm going to be mad at you? Let's keep going. Okay. Is that it for your so, bottom tier? Let me look. Because I think, I mean, that's it for me. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any others that I would put in the bottom tier. Yeah, I've only got two for mid-tier. Okay, go ahead. All right, first one, Snyder Cut, 71% of Rotten Tomatoes. I guess. Like, I, I also don't like the Snyder Cut, but I understand why people do like it, and I... I and the reason it's here I for could me is seed. the reason that it's here for me is just because they do a lot more with with Ben Affleck's Batman in this, and they do that justice that really was deserved. <laughs> right, um, justice was certainly not served. Certainly not. Hey um, Google, so play of, Ancient Lamentations. No, he's gonna actually. <laughs> No, okay, we're good. <laughs> she didn't hear. Um, anyways, I do think it it remedies some of those things, so okay. it it goes up for sure. me. What about you? Uh, so it's my turn now. Mid tier. Uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Okay, The Dark Knight Rises is my other mid tier at an eighty seven percent. Where's Batman Forever? <laughs> Dude, moving on. Shut up. <laughs> moving on. Um, I would also have put put Batman and Robin in mid tier. Okay. Yeah, that's where I would have put that. But we'll negotiate. We'll figure some okay. stuff out. Okay. All right. We got we got to make some compromises here, Noah. High tier. I've got four in high so, tier. So we've got... so. Are you done bad, with mid tier? No, low tier, mid tier, high tier, S tier. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Okay. What's uh, your first? Batman 89 is in mid tier or is in uh, high tier for me. I agree with that. 72% of Rotten Tomatoes. I think it's fine. Yeah. I really do. Like, I really like Batman 89. I think it's a huge... It's a huge step, um, but it's you know it's not for everybody, and some things aren't as palatable. Yeah, but like it's a good step in the it, right direction. They're still figuring some stuff out. Yeah, it's still a cool. It's still like a super cool movie. There's some weird performances in there. The guy that plays Knox is super weird. Okay, yeah, and uh, I don't think they have Vicky Vale quite figured out yet. I think Definitely that, that not. performance is kind of curious. And um, Jack Nicholson and Michael Keaton though is insane. Great movie, awesome yeah. movie. I love that movie. Um, I would throw in there. There's a lot that I'll put in good tier. Uh, I'm going to throw in uh, Batman Under the Red Hood. Like, okay, yeah. You know, that's my one DCAU sort of mention. I've seen like most of them. Right. Like when I was a kid, my brother and I would buy those DVDs. And like right. we'd watch, you know, Batman, uh, Batman Year One, Batman Gotham Knights. We'd watch uh, Justice League New Frontier. Like we watched all those movies, mm -hmm. you know, um, until pretty recently, I think until until a killing joke i was like yeah. okay these are not good anymore Killing um, joke was rough yeah I, i'm not we're not we're not talking about that movie that movie would be in the bottom yep. um so anyway that's my choice batman under the red hood okay uh batman begins 84 yeah. percent around I'm, 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 I'm for that i'm, I'm for so that. in my heart like i'm tempted to be like i think that that's like better than the dark knight but i just like just because it there's parts recently. of it there's yeah. parts of it that I'm just like this is so Batman and it's like yeah. such a step in the right direction it, it is but like Batman eighty nine they're still figuring it out yeah like totally the thing about my problem with that movie is that Gotham City doesn't feel real it doesn't it really it's like doesn't. it's half Chicago and it's half CGI Island that's the narrow it's just base. Uh, yeah. steam vents <laughs> yeah that's all that it is and then i think that it gets a little bit overstuffed with villains um and i don't like the action in it <laughs> the, the scarecrow stuff is some of the best stuff because that's yeah. the most interesting stuff killian murphy's money um really good but way. you know the ra's al ghul stuff is is a little bit more rough yeah it's a big swing but, though but we shadows yeah so very good for your first movie then we meet michael kane which is like He's Robin. For, I mean, no, he's not, not Robin. What if Michael Caine was Robin? <laughs> I bet he could do it. He, he's he's Alfred forever for me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, Master, my turn. My turn. Uh, your turn, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
What were you about to say? I was going to say Mask of the Phantasm. Oh, boy. <laughs> I was going to say Batman 66. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Very different things there. Yeah. L- Super fun. Like, just a, just a really funny time. We're going to argue about Mask of the Phantasm here in a little bit. If you, if you think that Batman Forever and Mask of the Phantasm belong in the same category, you're living in a freaking dream world. Hey, don't Zack Snyder me right now. Oh Do not quote Zack Snyder <laughs> me. living in a dream world. Yeah, 66 is super fun. Uh, obviously, that's not the Batman for most people, but it's still a Batman that we have to appreciate. At it least is. it's committing it to it's so com- my same thing about Batman and Robin. Like they are both committing to something and they're full sending it. We get we get too many pit I swear. <laughs> we get so many piddly superhero movies that don't commit to anything. And at least we have movies that are full sending what they're going for. Are they right? I don't know, but at least they're they're pulling out the Batman credit card. That's all I gotta say. Anyway, Batman sixty six. Go ahead. High man. tier for me, Batman Forever. Oh my god, this this movie that is insane for no, me. No, that is that not, is nuts. It's no. not. I just I have I have a really fond memory of watching this movie on VHS and like with my family. Me too, man. And like <laughs> it's just it's burned into my head in the way that like. It yes, it's weird. I understand, but I do think that there's some like if you're gonna go from the Burton verse to something like this, yeah, that obviously requires kind of that mixing of the two. I think it does it really well. I think the Batman and Robin full sends into the Bronze Age of Batman in a way that is so out of left field that no one. But it isn't out of left field though. It it isn't out of left field. If we if we are transitioning with this movie into whatever's coming next then like it totally makes sense we have a, a riddler who thinks that he his main plan is to program televisions to melt people's brains how is that anything close to what we saw in the previous movies how is that anything close again i'm just saying it there's a weird and wacky world that they're trying to develop with this kind of batman and i yeah. think that this is a good middle ground okay I that's all for respectfully me. disagree with that okay okay um okay wow anyways you're insane moving on to god tier you know we're not we're not there yet we're, we're not, not there, there yet. yet i would put lego batman in, in, in really in high tier yeah that's okay where I, that's where I put lego batman all right yeah and just like i can't take out batman forever off of the high tier list, which I so disagree with. I hope you oh, guys man. understand that I don't. I don't condone this whatsoever. Okay, man. Batman and Robin's pretty good. It's, tell me. Oh my gosh, you're telling me you'd rather watch the Snyder cut than Batman and Robin right now? Yeah. No way. Yeah, I would take a, a bullet to the knee before watching no, the Snyder absolutely. cut again. I don't absolutely. want to watch the movie ever. Oh, you're insane. You're absolute crazy. Person. I just can't. I can't. So like, you're, 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 I can't. The the ice skates. Take it crazy the ice skates right and the and the just I I can't. Whatever. Keep going. Okay. Is we're at the we're at the high tier now. The I'm at god tier. tier. Yes. Okay. Uh, Batman Returns at For an eighty sure. percent. No doubt. Batman Returns is one of the like it's one awesome. of the best. Incredible. Um, it's just so grounded. It's yeah. so like disgusting. Yeah. Um. Also, shout out my cousin is in that movie. Like that's so I, yeah, I Lisa watched, Guerrero, let's I watched go, that baby. movie at a very young age yeah. just because of that. And I was like, this is terrifying. Danny DeVito is like scaring me just right now. Black bile coming uh, out of his mouth. And I do it's think so that weird. the the Catwoman portrayal is like spot on. Yeah. Like, it's perfect. Right. Yeah. I agree 100 percent I think like the Batman 22 could really like only exist on film. Yep. Like I think it's like it has its influences, but 
really is unique to its own world, Batman Returns is the same. Where you're mm-hmm. like, these characters, these versions of the characters, this weird half penguin, half man guy who eats fish, like yeah. this weird cat woman who gets resurrected by her cats, like this only exists in the, the Tim Burton world. It's fantastic. Yeah. Just Every, absolutely insane. Everything else is kind of, you know, you've got your classic Batman, but how do you fit it into that world? Because yeah. you have people like that or whatever. Yeah. And, and, and it does feel like someone who's maybe not that big of a fan of Batman making a Batman movie and it works for the best. True. That's so true. Good. That's so my good. only, that's my only like, it's one of the things that I'll be like, yeah, I'll put my stamp on Tim Burton for that. Yeah. You know? Okay. I'm ready for mine. Yes. Batman Mask of the Phantasm. Okay. I think there's a strong argument that this is the best Batman movie ever. Uh, Whoa. Yeah, there is 0%, 0% of the bloat of any of the other movies. And there's 100% of the character development, the strong villains, the interesting story, and potentially the best Batman put to film. Kevin Conroy is the guy. Oh. And, you, and and Mark Hamill, also the guy. I those understand. Are, those, 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 those are the it. two guys. So we're not ranking them because, again, that would be a different conversation. Yeah. But I think there is a case here for Mask of the Phantasm to be number one. Just That's just, that's just me. That's just me. I un- I think I understand more if that's you know the kind of Batman that you're you're used to is seeing him in animated and you know moving from like watching the shows also to being a detective like, also detective <laughs> yeah. yes it's kind of it's it really is that put to paper yeah um, so version well. of Batman yeah yeah and luckily again we're not we're not debating ranked and I'm not even saying it's my favorite I just think I have I have such a strong affection and. Oh my gosh. I I just think it's brilliant. I think it has some of the family stuff in there that that the Batman 22 has like, yeah, but again, it's 76 minutes long. I don't, I can't compete with that. I think it's, I I think it's good. I think it's pretty good. Okay. Keep going. All right. Uh, the Lego Batman movie. I already put, I already put it in good tier, man. You can't, you can't move it. 90%. No, what? It's for me. This is, this is not how I've been doing this. What are you talking about? I'm saying we, the strictly conversational podcast have a, what I low thought. low mid good S tier, and I'm I'm gonna compromise because otherwise I would have put Batman and Robin in the mid tier. I thought we were and going like that. word for word for ours. No, oh, that's not how we're doing this, man. That's why I got so mad. Dang, I didn't now, even know. Now you do you understand that? Though? Now I understand. Okay, I mean it works now because <laughs> okay. you know the last two are the ones that we're gonna agree on. Uh, yeah, those that, are the last two, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, right. So sorry, Lego Batman. It's okay. No, yeah. that's the thing is I, I, my thoughts on Lego Batman are just that, like, I understand it's not your traditional Batman story. Yeah. Obviously, it's not your traditional Batman, but beyond that, it's not a what? traditional Batman story. Yeah. Um, but I think that's fine because the Lego movies do an incredible job of showing what it would be like if you're making a movie out of somebody playing with all their toys. Yeah. Um, and being obsessed with all of the characters equally, right? It's yeah. not just, oh, yeah, Joker's cool, but he's the bad guy, so this is his place in the story. Yeah. You know, Does Jonah Hill played the Joker in that movie. This is Zach Galifianakis. That's right. Yes. All right. Jonah Hill's Green Lantern in that movie. Yes, because I think right? no, he's Green Lantern in uh, the Lego movie, so he might be the same. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know it's anything. been a while since I've seen it's it. It's a great movie. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. great. It's, it's got it's got as many laughs per minute as any other movie that you've seen. But Anyways. I I just you know I think you can't call it a great Batman movie because the Eye of Sauron is in it. That's true. You know what I mean? That's just where I'm at. Personally, as a person, but I like I like Carrie Robin. Oh, you do? I really Carrie do. Kelly. I like Carrie Kelly. 
But it's not Carrie Kelly because it's a boy. But Carrie it's Kelly's it's, a woman. But it's so inspired by Carrie. Obviously, Kelly. right? Yeah. yeah, the goggles and all the whole. Vibe. Yeah, red hair. I really like it. Anyway. I thought I was gonna hate it, but I really like it. It's great. It's Anyways, really fun. And keep going. Moving on. Yeah, The Dark Knight. Of course, man. At I ninety, love... at a ninety-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Fantastic. I mean, people this, love that movie. This is it. This is the movie, man. Like, I think, I think maybe in maybe in five, I, I gotta watch the Batman twenty-two again. Um, but I watched it last week and I think it's my most watched movie ever. Cause I was like this, like for the yeah. Batman, for Batman begins for me when we were watching it together, I was like, this is what he's going to say next. And like, I was right. It was like that, but like every other line for the dark. Yeah. Night. That movie's ingrained in my brain forever. And there's so much cool stuff in it. Like I, I, I saw a letterbox review today that was like, Say what you about Christopher Nolan, but he's the best at making cool stuff look super cool. That's true. And like that, the moment in the center of the movie where it's the it's the bat pod chase around Gotham, culminating in the Joker's arrest, one of the greatest things ever. Just a freaking amazing. And also like a really fantastic showcase of a character arc for Batman. Yeah, like it is. It, it really is. He, he is a guy who is out there. He's on the move. He's trying to make things work for himself. But he is the kind of Batman who is like, you know what? You know what's better than me? You know what's better than me? Like city officials working their hardest. Yeah. You know, that's better than me. You know, and you know what's better than me having to chase all these criminals all the time? Me having to run from everybody all the time because they, I can take it and they can't. Yeah. Like, Oh my gosh. I like, think that here's the thing and I've grown I've grown cynical but um there are things in the dark night and they're just little tiny cracks that I've seen um because I've grown a little bit more cynical of Christopher Nolan since Tenet. Right. And and I think that Christopher Nolan's issue is that he has an awesome story in his head and yeah. his way of getting that story out is showing something that's really cool. Yeah. But it, the the full story doesn't really come through as much as it needs to yeah um and that's especially true in tenet it's somewhat true in inception yeah i, I think agree with i think there are sure. cracks in the dark knight in, in in the dark knight rises oh we didn't even talk about the dark Knight rises did we We're, i i put it in i put it in mid yeah we didn't really talk about it that much it, it that if you moves also mess it, it comes through in in the dark knight rises more way more so here. yeah but i i get some of that feeling in the dark night because most of it's just really cool stuff. Right. A lot you know? of it's really cool stuff, but then you do see those cracks. You're right. I think in particular that last act can be kind of a mess, you know, and, yeah. um, the, uh, slight, um, I guess political, uh, jabs at like surveillance and like, should we do this? It's like, okay, yeah. hold on. We yeah. didn't even talk about that. You know, <laughs> like let's, let's stick to the tone of the movie. So there are tone, there are cracks of that, but, I think of a in terms of a Batman movie that's like pure fun, also pretty thinky with great performances across the board. Good stuff. I just I don't love Christian Bale's Batman. Yeah, I love his Bruce. I love his Bruce Wayne. His Bruce Wayne's fantastic. His Batman. Suit, the suit is fine. I love the second suit. It's, that, it's that, pretty. It's that, pretty all right. I can turn my head suit. Oh, it's pretty all right. That's money in the bank. Yeah, it, you're right. That. It's not. It's just not the best Batman. I and I don't love the growl. It's just yeah. yeah. Uh, and the last for S tier is the Batman Me too, 22. baby. Yeah, that's and that's it. That's We've it. talked enough about that movie, so we don't have to go on anymore. Probably the best Batman put to film. Yep, that's what I'm gonna say. The best, like Robert Bat, Robert Pattinson, Rob Bat, 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 Bat. Yeah, he's the man. He's, Shout out Weekly Planet. Yeah. Whew. Okay, it's a long episode of this podcast, that but the longest we've ever had. I know. <laughs> 
welcome to the show. So, um, Noah, thanks for participating in that little fun experiment with this me. This was good. We should do this more often. I like. I mean, I this. guess we yeah. should script things more often. <laughs> yeah, we should be prepared for this podcast more often. Well, I'm gonna have to next week. Oh, what are we talking about? I don't know. Oh, I gotta figure it out. He's gotta figure it out. Um, so what we've been reading, watching, listening to my list. My list is pretty short. Um, I've been watching a show on. Uh, it's ABC called Abbott Elementary. Okay. It's about an elementary school in Philadelphia. Um, very cute show. Very cute show. As someone who's a full-time teacher now, it's like, ah, nice. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, and then Bob's Burgers and not a whole lot else because I'm tired all the time. Yeah. No, I've you? actually not been watching a whole lot either. Yeah. Um, the mic. I, I will right. say the the more recent episode of How I Met Your Father was pretty good. Um, but that's <laughs> I'm just keeping up to date I'll with that. I'll watch that show eventually. Um, yeah, I've not, I've not been watching Nothing anything else. Anything you plan? You plan anything? Not anything. Well, I did finish Uncharted 2 and I made my way on to, I started Uncharted 3. <laughs> so, and it's, I'm just like, I almost texted you again just to be like, hey, Uncharted 3 is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll play it someday. It's kind of, uh, that's kind of it though. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, I've been playing, uh, Super Mario Odyssey here and there. Very, so fun. Very fun game. So fun. But that's the show, man. That's that it. was it. That's all we got. That's all we got. That's all we got left in the tank, you know? Yeah. So anyway, uh, special shout out to the wonderful Brady Bolden for writing, composing our theme. Again, I'm your host, Bailey Hunt. You can find me at BaileyJames1215 on Twitter. No, shoot. It's right in front of me and I messed it up. <laughs> you can find me at BaileyJames1215 on Instagram and BaileyJHunt on Twitter. And always, uh, as always, I'm your co-host. Noah DeGeorge, you can find me at Instagram or at uh, Noah underscore DeGorgeous. At Instagram yeah, at on Instagram. Twitter. <laughs> you can find me at Noah underscore DeGorgeous on Instagram and Twitter. You can also follow our podcast at Strictly Conversational Podcasts on Instagram. Yeah. Next time, Noah will be bringing a topic to the plate and we'll be seeing where that takes us, where the wind takes us, where the bat signal takes us. But yeah. until then, make sure you are good to one another. Don't take yourselves too seriously. And, uh, you know, don't forget to wear a mask. I mean, COVID's, COVID's chill at this point. I guess. I guess we're waiting for World War Three. <laughs> yeah, that's the new thing. So that's what's cool these days. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know what? We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time. Stay classy, San Diego. <laughs>